And welcome back to the Small Market Insecurities Podcast. It's your boy, Phil Razor, and I'm here with Stack I Nate tonight. And guys, we have a very special episode for you. It only happens once every four years. And no, we're not talking about how often Nate and I get laid. It is the fucking World Cup. Yes, it's in Qatar. Yes, it's in the middle of the domestic season for most countries. And yes, it's in a weird time of year for everybody else. It's going on during American football season. It's a sensory overload, folks. You will have World Cup on Thanksgiving, so you don't have to watch the goddamn Lions if you don't want to. That being said, Nate, are you fucking pumped to talk about this, man? Dude, I love the World Cup. Like, it really, it it honestly does piss me off that they are having it this time of year and that it is going to compete with football because I want to watch this World Cup. And it's really, it's going to be really hard for me to watch soccer on Thanksgiving. Yeah, be- it does seem a little un-American. It would have been wild if the Americans played on Thanksgiving, because I think that would have been really cool. That's what but you, I guess, that's how you. What's more American you- than the Americans playing on Black Friday? <laughs> what's more American than the exceptional consumerism? Absolutely. No, this is going to be fun. And, you know, before we get started, I just want to prep for those that may have not listened to a lot of episodes or you're just tuning in. Uh, I am a huge Liverpool supporter and Nate supports Tottenham and the co-host of Chaos couldn't be here tonight, but he supports Arsenal. We all like to watch club. We watch some MLS. We're all crew supporters. We all like to watch, you know, English football. I like to watch other kinds of football. And yes, I'm going to call it football during this to be respectful to the rest of the world, in my opinion. You know, that's just me. Nate can, you know, he's free to do whatever he wants. He's a free human being. Um, But, you know, we just want to kind of preface that I do watch international, you know, when it's on, when it's available. Um, It is fun. I just always pray that my Liverpool guys come back healthy. So there's a little bit of you as a club supporter that's like, God, I just hope everybody comes back totally healthy. Don't get hurt. And uh, I wish you all the best. So, Nate, I don't know if that's how you feel about it, but it's definitely how I feel about it. But I am pumped for this tournament because the World Cup is that special time where I'm like, throw it all out the window. Team USA and then team any any squad that has a guy that I like on my own team. Absolutely, dude. Like, yeah, just to, you know, circumvent all those thoughts that you just expressed. Um, yes, I do always kind of worry about that, those the injury bug, you know, coming around. Um Especially now when we're really just kind of kicking off the uh, Premier League season. Don't want to see any guys get hurt now when um, we got a long season to go. So, Absolutely. Yeah, we still have 21 matches in the Prem and uh, some other countries start a little later. In league stuff still going on. There's a lot still There's a lot still on the line. So, um, yes, we want that. But I just I, – I love this – I love the World Cup. Uh, yes, I'm going to root USA, but I am also going to root for teams that have Tottenham players on. So my number one for me, Denmark. Denmark, huh? Well, we'll get there, buddy. We will get there. I thought you were going to say South Korea for Sonny. I do love me some South Korean Sonny, but uh, th- I think they'll, they'll be my number two rooting for. That's totally fair. So we're going to break this down by group, guys. And what we'll do is we'll talk about each group, where we think each side will finish within that group. And then after that, we'll go into the round of 16 and so forth. 
and then we'll give you an update for the semis and the final, see how we did, and then give our expertise after this whole thing unfolds. Um, so let's just hop into it. Let's go to Group A, shall we? And Group A is an interesting one, uh, mainly because of an injury, but it is the, the Netherlands, Senegal, Ecuador, and Qatar. And I want to start with the Dutch. Um, they're managed by Louis van Gaal. Uh, for those that don't know, he used to manage Manchester United amongst many other clubs. And I like the way he sets the team up. Um, defensively, they're very sound. Defensively, they're great. And we'll probably have Simone Mignolet in that, is my guess. Former Liverpool man, plays for Club Bruges now. Um, their center back pairing is their strong suit. And it's Virgil van Dijk and Matthias de Ligt. Uh, Virgil van Dijk, stud man for Liverpool, finished second in the Ballon d'Or in 2019. And then Matthias de Ligt is one of the most sought-after young center backs in the world. He was at Ajax when they had their run to the Champions League uh, semifinal when they got, you know, lost to Tottenham. And then he went to Juventus, and now he's at Bayern Munich. So we can easily say he's a starting center back for a top five club in the world. Defensively, they're sound. Um, they kind of do a three at the back kind of deal. And then they move uh, Dumfries up to the right wing back spot, like to get him forward a little bit. And then up top, they have... You know, their two best attacking players generally are um, – sorry, I'm totally blanking. It's Steven Bergwijn, who has since gone back to the Netherlands, but used to play for Tottenham, and also Memphis Depay, who has played everywhere and currently plays for Barcelona. Um, you know, and then they have, they have Frankie de Jong. I'd be an idiot to not mention de Jong in the midfield. Luke de Jong. Sorry, yes. And they have a very strong – nucleus if they were in a different group i don't think it would be as easy but nate do you agree with me in saying they'll probably top this group yeah they will um i think you know from a forward standpoint you do also have guys like cody gakpo and noah lang that are able to back this team that are able to back i love i love playing as club bruges in fifa with noah lang yeah dude noah lang is a he's a he's a rising star and it it makes you feel if you're if you're a Dutch fan, it's got to make you feel good knowing that Dutch football ain't gonna go anywhere, at least from an attacking standpoint. With him, um, from a from a defense standpoint, uh, it's like you know your your man Virgil Van Dyke. That's like the centerpiece right there. Like that's that's really all you need to say to me to convince me. But then you add in like Matthias Delight, you add in um, Devril or Devree. Yeah, so, like you said, um, mm-hmm. guys like guys or uh, you know guys like blind, you know that have unique skill sets. But then yeah, always he plays so much Champions League football with Ajax too. He's you know seen it all. You know he's seen the best in the club world. So the game will slow down for him for sure. Absolutely, and again, and just like with the forwards, but like you know the guys that you have to back him up and Nathan Ake and Jeremy Frimpong and. Uh, Terrell Malasia or, Ter- or Terrell Malasia, great guys to have. Yeah, Nathan Ake, two-time Premier League winner with Manchester City. He's been playing in the Prem for a long time. Uh, he can play as that left center back role or as a left back, depending on the formation that the Dutch want to go with. Yeah, they're they're a little spoiled back there. I wouldn't say Ake is world class, but he's extremely good, and it's a good guy to have if you want to do a back three on the left side there. It's it's not a bad deal to have. It's not a bad guy to have if if you're in like a, you know, arm tied behind your back situation. Absolutely. Um, yeah, they'll get out of the group. Let's go to Senegal and we can go over their players. I love Mendy and goal. 
Um, they have Kalidou Koulibaly, formerly of Napoli, now of Chelsea, uh, one of the best center backs in the world, although he's 32 years old. Um, the big story for them is going to be, and they rely on speed, and they want to spread you out, play a wide game. But, man, Sadio Mane's out for the tournament, and that crushes them. He finished second in the Ballon d'Or this past season, um, only behind Karim Benzema. And I think that's going to be – they have plenty of pace behind them, but I think that's going to you know really hurt. They have Saar on the right wing, but, man, not having Sadio Mane, who basically just plays as like a, a rover. He does whatever he wants for this team, and not having Mane is going to be huge. Yeah, and it's it. This is going to be Senegal playing with one arm tied behind their back for this tournament. It really is. When you don't have Sadio Mane, it takes away a huge chunk of the of what this team is. Um, will they be able to still put up maybe a win? I could see it happening, maybe against the home country, but uh, I don't. You, you don't think they get out of the group? I uh and well, Ooh, we're gonna get a little spicy right off the bat. So let's hop down to the next team. You'd like Ecuador then to come out of the group. I do. Okay, so we're gonna disagree on this. I like Ecuador. And they have two guys that are teammates at Brighton that people may have heard of. Estupignan at left back and Moises Quesado in the midfield, who is very heavily linked with Liverpool right now for a January move. That's his level of of talent. And I think they have good players and they have plenty of pace. I just don't know how this Ecuadorian side will come together as, as a as a cohesive unit in this in this I think Senegal has too much class. Does that make sense? Um I mean sure, but I think they're I think Senegal's going to scramble a little bit upon, you know, not having Sadio Mane whereas you have a team like Ecuador that is at full strength that still has, you know, guys like Michael Estrada, Enter Valencia, that are astounding players up front. You still have your guys in the back, like Jackson Perozo. You have your guys like um, Roberto Arboleda, William Paco. They're going to be, I think they're going to be sound throughout this tournament and be able to advance out of it. Okay. Well, I guess we'll we'll disagree there, and I, I mean, I, I love the analysis. What we can't agree on is there's no way the home nation Qatar is getting. I mean, maybe maybe they get a cheap draw with someone, but there's no way Qatar's get out of this group. So we don't even really. They're gonna. They've, get a, they've put on an impre- they've put on an impressive showing in both the African or the yeah, African Asian uh, the the whatever it's called, Asian continental. Um, I forget the abbreviation. It's like an idiot right now. And then uh, they went down and played in um, Combo Bowl. They went down and played there. So they've played a lot of matches to get ready for this. And th- they'll defend well, but no. <laughs> no, I, yeah. So, all right. All right. So I'm going for this, for Group A, I'm going to go the Dutch up top. And then I'm going to go Senegal two. And then Ecuador three. And then Qatar four. Yeah, I'm with you there. Um, I think, I think. I, I heard really the biggest name to kind of keep an eye on from this home country team is uh, Akram Afif uh, up at the forward. Yeah. Really dynamic player, able to, you know, both assist and crash the net, really create havoc in the box. So um, that might be a guy to, that might be a guy to watch for, but I don't see much else. 
Yeah, I mean, that's fair. I, I just gave my, my top four for the group. You and I are going to flip-flop Senegal and Ecuador. I just think that wild yeah. four three three for Senegal, man, you know? Yeah, I yeah, mine's Netherlands, Ecuador, Senegal, Qatar. All right, interesting enough. Hey, let's go to the most anticipated group for 99.2% of our listeners based on the metrics. Uh, shout out to whoever listens to us in Germany. That's incredible, by the way. Um, group B, huh? So we got England, the Wait, United States on. of America. Hold on. We got a, we've got a German listeners. We have one. One? Just based on the metrics. One, and my buddy Jesse lives in, listens down in Australia. Um, we've, had, we've had a listener in Italy before. Yeah, I, I keep track of it. Wow, Phil, that's I, I, I got to say, I love that. But then even more so in honor of that individual, I just want to throw out a little little 99 red luck balloons. This fucking guy, this fucking guy. You never know what's going to happen with Stan. 99 red luck balloons. Oh my God! Let's go to Group B now. <laughs> it's it's England, the United States, Wales, and Iran. Um, every team in here is in the top twenty-five in the FIFA World Ranking. So, any American out there listening, like, oh, we'll batter Iran. Mm. Oh, don't sleep on Iran, man. They are a really do. Do we want to start with them? Can we? Do we want to just start with them? Might as sure. well. Let's. Yeah, we we realize I realize that there are people that are going to be anticipated for other teams for us to talk about, but I think we should talk about the least anticipated. Iran and their Iran and their yeah, they're in their four five one formation where they just sit back all night. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird, but I mean they do have good players and they have one individual, uh, I believe his name is Sadar Osmon. Mm-hmm. Really, really great forward. Um I'm I'm I forget where he's playing right now. I think uh, I'm looking. I'm looking it up right now. Uh, a lot of the Iranian players play in the Saudi league, but it looks like right now he's playing with Leverkusen up in Germany. Okay. Okay. A lot of the Middle Eastern nations, like I know the entire Qatar team plays in the Qatari league. A lot of them kind of kind of go that way, but a lot of the Iranian players do play in Saudi Arabia. I know that for a fact. Yeah. Or Qatar. They play in one of the two. But okay, so he's playing for Leverkusen. That's a good side. Yeah, so you know, playing up in you know play, getting Champions League and Bundesliga experience. That's uh, that's I think that'll prove beneficial for him in this tournament. Considering the other three are going to be all pretty much the Prem or the Championship in this group, or you know you got some Serie A and Bundesliga outliers with the Americans and a couple other people. But yeah. Um, I see Iran finishing fourth, but they may finish fourth with like two points. They may draw twice. Yeah, I could see you it. Know, that's that's certainly possible. I think this may, like England may beat everybody, but we'll get there. So I, I have Iran finishing fourth. How about you? Same. Yep. Fourth. Okay. Let's go to Wales next. Wales yeah. is an interesting interesting side. Very, and one of the, very interesting. Yeah. One of the things I wanted to pull up on Wales that I think a lot of Americans may not understand so wales has not qualified for the world cup since 1958 this is a huge deal for them only a second um, their second appearance ever yes correct and they knocked out ukraine to get here and when you look at their projected starters this is kind of what you're looking at here 
Their goalkeeper plays for Leicester City. Okay, Danny Ward, formerly of Liverpool, plays for you know them. Yeah. In their defense, they have Ethan Ampadu, who's moved all around. Very, he's a he's a Swiss Army knife, if you will. He plays for Spezia over in Italy, but the rest of them pretty much. Then you have you know Meppen, who plays for Bournemouth. You have Ben Davies, who plays for Tottenham. You have Connor Roberts, who plays for Burnley. Like Nico Williams, who plays for Nottingham Forest. They have a lot of guys that are in England's top flight that play for this team, which is to be expected. The midfield, I mean, they still have Aaron Ramsey, plays for Nice in France now, but he's still doing his thing. Absolutely. And, you know, and then you where what troubles me for this team is up top. And it's everybody knows Gareth Bale. And then Daniel James on the left wing, who didn't quite make it at Manchester United, but has made a name for himself at Fulham. He's extremely fast. I would, I would categorize Daniel James as, as a pace merchant. And then you have Kiefer Moore, who plays for Bournemouth, too, and he's a big striking, you know, big striker body. I think a lot of people don't realize that this Welsh team may not be fast, but they're technical, and they have an absolute game-changer in Gareth Bale coming off of his, uh, what, he won, he's won five Champions Leagues, mm-hmm. and now he's won an MLS Cup. All he does is win. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And... I, I I like this way. I like this Welsh team. I really do. Uh, I I mean, this is going to be they're going to give it their all like kind of like when Iceland was in it a couple years ago and they or you know, a few Absolutely. years back, they gave it and they gave it their all. So, yeah, I'm I love this Welsh team. I really do. I think and they, I think they've got some guys, some random guys like a Brandon Johnson who. Mm-hmm who's with Nottingham Forest might be, you know, he only has, he only has about two goals in 15, you know, Champions League matches. That's a, that's just Champions League. I, I couldn't get the uh, Prem stats up right in front of me at the time. Nottingham Forest. No, no, it's not Champions League. It's the championship. They yeah, won the championship sorry. last year. Yeah. Sorry. In the championship. Yeah. And yeah. for those that don't know, the championship is the second division. Yeah. Of English football. And it's, you know, I do know just, so Oh no, know. not you. I'm just talking in general to the listeners. The championship is the second division of English football, and it's it's a league ranked higher than the MLS still. So the second division is very fucking good. It's not an insult to play there. No, you know, like you're still. I mean, and, and with how teams get, you know, uh, relegated and promoted, mm-hmm. it's very easy that Nottingham Forest could and could be in the Premier League at any point in time. Nottingham Forest is in the Premier League right now. <laughs> exactly. That's why I said. <laughs> no, I know. Sorry, actually, I am saying in the Prem League. In the Prem League. So, 15 matches in the Prems. He's got two goals and two yellow cards. So, Oh, he's a feisty guy. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Let's wait to give where the, the these three teams finish till the end. Because I think it'll build the suspense a little bit. Absolutely. But, yeah. No, I didn't mean to correct you, by the way. I just wanted to make sure we clarified. Like, if not, Nottingham Force has won the Champions League twice. You whore. But not since the, last, not since the late 70s. Um, let's go to England then. We'll finish with the U.S. Let's go to England. Uh, England's fucking stacked. My only question for them is defensively. Yeah. Is, is Gareth Southgate, and it's funny because England, England supporters are exactly where American supporters are with Greg Berhalter. That's where they're at with Gareth Southgate. And Gareth Southgate plays a very conservative style. And he has so much talent to pick from. And let's just start in net. He's going to play Jordan Pickford because Jordan Pickford turns up for England. He should play 
either Nick Pope or Aaron Ramsdale. Nick I Pope think... has a billion a billion clean sheets for Newcastle this year. And yeah. Ramsdale's been a stud for Arsenal for 18 months. Yeah, like why would you not like how are you not gonna play the guy who's like on the on the number one team in the Prems right now? Exactly. And you're not, like but, but you're gonna go with Jordan Pickford. All right. And Everton is in 17th. And I'm not saying his club status is what determines this, because Pickford does play well in big tournaments. But that being said, he's more prone to errors than the other two. And I just think if he makes an error in their first match against Iran, you got to consider making a switch. You know, if you draw that match with Iran 1-1, you're way too fucking good. And you look up and down this roster, right? You look at their back line. Harry Maguire has been benched by Manchester United, and he's probably going to be in the starting lineup. He'll be fresh, but is he good? No. I have no idea. No. <laughs> like, you're I don't know him. what Harry Maguire we're going to get. No. You're going to probably play him. You'll probably play him over a guy like maybe a Kyle Walker. Kyle Walker, if they're going to do that back three – if they're going to do a back three, then they need to put Kyle Walker as their right center back. They have to do that. That, but he's been he's coming off injury. So, and then I think you have to play John Stones as the left. That's that writes itself. But now, for me, now the, do you throw Eric Dyer in there? I would rather than play Eric Dyer over Harry Maguire if I'm an England supporter. Yeah, absolutely. That's where I'm. I at. would. I would. I 100% would. I would do a, maybe a 3-5-2 if I was England. And the reason I bring that up, too, because they might they might do a back four. It might be a 4-2-3-1. But if you're going to do two wing backs up top, the problem is that means Luke Shaw has to play a left wing back. And he can. I'm just not the biggest Luke Shaw fan. I would play Kieran Trippier on the left and Trent Alexander-Arnold on the right. And everybody's just like, oh, you're saying Trent because you're a Liverpool fan. He can't defend. If he's playing a wingback, he doesn't really have to. He has Kyle Walker behind him. And Kyle Walker is one of the fastest players in the Prem, let alone defenders. So that allows Trent to get forward. That's what I would do if I was England. Yeah, but they won't do that because they're done. No, they won't. And then they should have a midfield three of, like, Declan Rice in the holding midfield. He's phenomenal. Oh, Declan Rice is – I think he's going to be – a key piece in this in this one. Hundred percent. He hundred percent. He's got to play that holding midfield. Like like in Euro, like he raised his stock in Euros. Oh God, yes, he's raised his stock over the and West Ham made a run to the uh, Europa League semifinal last year. That put that put him on notice with the rest of the continent. And yes, absolutely, a hundred percent. Yeah, but you know we'll probably end up getting a lot of Jordan Henderson too. Probably. Hendo's a good guy to bring off the bench. He's a good yeah. guy to bring off the bench. If you're up by two goals, 15, 20 minutes left, you want to seal the game off, you bring Hendo in. Absolutely. I wouldn't even I wouldn't even mind seeing a little Philip Foden either. Well, he'll be up top and we'll get up we'll get up top in a sec. But yeah. uh, I think they'll play Jude Bellingham in midfield. He crushes it for Dortmund. He's phenomenal for Dortmund. Um I it's a, I mean, I get why he's not playing in England because he's having a great time in, in Germany. But, man, you know, I'd love to see him come back. But uh, I think he'll be in there. Rounding out the midfield, this is where it gets a little, I don't want to say dicey because it's the wrong word. But 
because they, they, they just have so many options in the midfield, you know? They, they have a lot of options. It, I, I don't envy Gareth Southgate by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I'm trying to decide who I would put there, because if you're going to do a, basically a five-man midfield, I mean, maybe you just do the pivot. Yeah. Maybe if it's, yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's tough. I mean, Mason Mount, maybe. Calvin Phillips. You got a little bit of leeway, but let's go up top. And I think up top's going to be the big thing for England. Um, everybody's going to talk about it. And you're going to have Harry Kane down the middle. Not a question. Nobody's questioning that in the slightest. You got to go Phil Foden on the left, right? I mean, I think so, because, well, yeah, I mean, I think that's the way you got to go. Is where you, you got to throw, you, gotta, you, you, you have could to throw go Rashford. You could go Rashford. I was about to say, you could, yeah, I was about to say, you might be able to go Rashford there. Yeah. Do you think, do you think it's Sacco or do you think they make Sterling play on the right? Or Sacco, Saka. Jesus, I was reading his first name and his last name simultaneously. Um, I think they'll. Sa- I think they'll. I think they'll start probably with Raheem Sterling and see how yeah. it's with him. And if it if it doesn't look great to start out, then maybe they'll they'll see what Saka can do in their yeah. in their second. In their second. I, but I think I think first match they they go with Sterling. Yeah, I I can see that he's been there, done that. You know, I mean, yeah. it, may, it makes sense. But yeah, I mean, Bakayo Saka has been killing it for Arsenal, so. Yeah, I mean this English this English team. I mean, let let's put it this way: we both agreed they're going to win the group. Yeah, yeah, they're going to win the group. They have way too much pace for everybody else. They yeah, let's they're go. they're going to outpace this entire group. It's, let's let's go to the team everybody wants to hear about: the United States. Um, I think one of the biggest stories is Zach Steffen's not going to be in that, which I think shocks everybody. But Matt Turner plays for Arsenal now, and I think it's got to be Matt Turner in goal. Um, yeah, I think so. I think it's definitely the way to, I think it's, I think he, you got to deal with the hot hand. So. Nate, do you want to go? So defensively, I have my own idea, but do you want to say what you would do first? Um, yeah. So first of all, I, I need them. I, I really went, Greg Holter doesn't do this team justice. Like I, I personally love having, I like Speed, speed kills. I like speed. So give me DeAndre Yedlin. Like give me, give me DeAndre Yedlin. Give me Cameron Carter Vickers or you know Vic whatever Vickers. Yeah. Um, give me Shaquille Moore. Give me. Wow. Give me. Uh, yeah, and de- definitely give me Anthony Robinson. I I agree. I think he'll start. I think I think Dest, who plays for AC Milan, and is great. I think he'll be on the bench. I think you nailed the fullbacks. The center backs to me, it's got to be Zimmerman and Ream. And I think he'll play Aaron Long, but he shouldn't. And I, the reason I bring that up is I think Tim Ream, from his time in England, he's seen most of the guys he's going to be playing against. And he captains Fulham. Like You have to play him at least in those two matches. Iran, if you're worried about pace, fine. You know, something he hasn't seen, you want to throw someone else in there, I don't recommend it, but fine. I think you have to play Tim Ream because he's been there, done that in England. And he's teammates with Anthony Robinson. Makes total sense. Yeah, absolutely. I Yeah, that's just, that's just me. Um, but it'll be interesting to see what they go with. The midfield. 
I yeah. think it is crucial that you play Tyler Adams and Weston McKinney, but I really like Musa too. That would be my three. Interesting. Because I'm going to put Aronson up top on a wing, so that's my shebang. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I like what I like what you threw out there. I, I mean, I wouldn't mind Yonas Musa out there as well. I think he plays a mm-hmm. great game too. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, that's all I got to say about that. I, I agree with you on that, on, on the midfield. Yeah, I'm up top, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go Aronson on the left with a little bit of a hot take because he plays on the right. Sorry. We're going to do two midfield. I'm sorry. I'm putting Pulisic in the 10. I'm putting not, not on the left. I want him to be more creative. I want him in the 10. Yeah. 4 2 three, one. You know, I gave three midfielders that I would start, but those are the three guys I think it'll be between. If he goes with the 4 3 3, then Pulisic's on the left. If it's a 4 2 3 1, in which he does a pivot of Tyler Adams and Weston McKinney, then I think I would put Pulisic in the 10 to let him be creative. And then I put Aronson on the left, Gio Reyna on the right, and then I go with Ferreira on top. Yeah. I, a lot of people like Josh Sargent, but I'm not in there. And I want Timothy Way and Haji Wright as off the bench. Like, you know, Way plays, you know, in Ligue 1 for Lille, and Haji Wright plays in Turkey, and that's a gong show. So, you know, they've, they've seen some shit. So I guess that sounded really convoluted because I went with a three-man midfield to start off, but I meant to say that Pulisic's basically like that roaming 10. Yeah, I, I, I like that. I mean, I, I'm i okay. I, I like Ferreira, Ferreira in there. I, I do like Sargent's game. I think he's good, but I, I really I like Ferreira in there. I think he's a little bit more of a safer bet. And he's also been in form. Yes. You know, and that, that's, that's where I go with. Um, so we have England 1 and Iran 4. Are we both going to go USA two and Wales three as homers? Because I think that's fair, but it wouldn't shock oh. me if Wales if Wales you're not going to. No, I have I have Wales advancing. Okay, I'll take the US only because I think they're gritty enough to get a one nil win over Iran, and then maybe a two one win over Wales, and I think that may just be good enough. I just Eng- England might beat us three nil. Yeah, I just don't know. My big thing is, is Greg Berhalter going to fuck this team out of advancing? That's going to be my big thing. Probably. I'm going based off what I want to see, not what he's going to do. And that's what and that's what I'm saying. Like it cuz yeah. because of what he's going to end up doing, he will probably fuck us from advancing and this will be the end of Greg Berhalter as Team USA coach. Thank God go get Maurizio Pochettino. Yeah. Um that would be phenomenal. All right, that's fair. Let's go to Group C, shall we? Let's do it. Argentina, Saudi Arabia, Mexico, and Poland. Um, let's just get out of the way. Saudi Arabia, they got some pacey guys up top, but they're going to finish fourth. Yeah. Yeah, we can move on. <laughs> no, um, not going to happen. Sorry. Let's go to the team that we think is going to finish first, and that is Argentina. And this entire World Cup is Lionel Messi, Lionel Messi, Lionel Messi. Yeah, he's he's come out and said that the you know depending on what this Argentinian team does in this World Cup, will de- will decide what he does come next World Cup. Mm-hmm. So I love I love this team too. Like they have so many big names and they play in you know everywhere from England to Spain to Portugal 
you know, they're in, you know, they have a couple guys that play in France. This team has some fucking names, man. Dude, uh, yes. I, let, I mean, where, where do you want to start? Front, back? Uh, like, let's just, we could go all day. Let's go. Let's go. Hey, the way you like your women, back to front. <laughs> uh, I like Emiliano Martinez in net. Plays for Villa. Very good player. Um, you mean Damian they, Martinez? What'd you say? You, you mean Damian Martinez? Emiliano Martinez. I'm looking at it right now. Oh, okay. Maybe I, maybe I'm on the, I'm on, I'm on the FIFA website. They must have it wrong. Yeah, no worries. They have their, their center back pairing will be Lissandra Martinez plays for United. And then Nicolas Otamendi probably he plays for Benfica, but he played for city forever. Um, they also have Christian Romero from Tottenham. Like that's not a desirable decision to have to make between those three. Yeah. I think that, Romero's young. That's my thing. That's that, and that's what you. you know. That's that's probably going to keep him maybe as a as a guy coming off your bench. Yeah. Well, and Otamendi has ninety three caps. So. Yeah. That, but yeah, the wingers. I'm not sure who they'll go with on the wing, so I won't touch that one just because I, you know, I like this team, but at the same time, I I'm not going to make assumptions here. The midfield's interesting. Um. One guy that I'm very familiar with is Palacios from Leverkusen. I don't know if he'll necessarily start, but I know he is. And I really like Paredes with Juventus. He was formerly with PSG. Their midfield will be interesting. They have options there. But it really, when it comes to Argentina, it's up top, man. They got Dybala, they have Di Maria, and they have Lionel Messi. Yeah, I mean, and, and then you throw in Angel Carrera just to just to cap it all off, too. And, and also... Well, and, and, and let's and you know let's not forget in their in their midfield either Marcos Acuna, um, great player, great yeah. player. Oh, for, yeah, for Sevilla, he's phenomenal. Yes, I'm with you. Uh, this Argentinian team is going to win the group. Yeah. Oh, hands down. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna win the group. Um, now it comes down to Mexico and Poland, and this is an interesting one because Mexico has a lot of pace. Mexico has guys that play all over the world, so it's a lot of different experiences. And Poland is – they have good midfield. They have decent back line, but it all comes down to Robert Lewandowski, who is still a top three striker on earth. 100%. Like, guy is just a god when it comes to putting the ball in the net. So, um I mean that's that's really the biggest thing is. With, I feel like Ochoa has been in net for Mexico too for like forty years, you know. Yeah, that's the other thing that you have going for Mexico is you have Ochoa, who's just been a god in net for countless World Cups. Yep. So I'm going to take Poland to finish second and Mexico to finish third, and Mexican fans won't like to hear that, and I'm not anti-Mexico by any stretch, despite them being our biggest rivals as American fans. For me, Mexico has gone out in the round of 16 for the last seven tournaments. And I think this is finally the time where they just don't even give their fans the heartbreak. They just fall off. Uh-huh. I, think Pol- I think Poland gets it done. Poland has Matty Cash. And, you know, Matty Cash is a fullback. They have Zelensky in the midfield. You know, I, and then they have Lewandowski up top. They have enough quality. It's is Mexico too fast? 
And and that's where I think I'm why I'm taking Mexico to advance out of this group. I think their speed's going to be a little too much for Poland. I think they're going to have trouble keeping up. And I think and, and I think the youth too in Mexico is going to get them. Okay. Okay, not a problem there. Let's go to group D. This is an interesting one. France, Australia, Denmark and Tunisia or Tunisia as we say. Tunisia if you're English. Um, we'll start off with Australia. They have no superstars. Um, there is a guy from the Columbus crew that plays there, but I think they finished at last. Yeah, I, I don't think they're the best team out of the, actually, no, I, I'm sorry. I, I have them finishing third. I have Tunisia finishing okay. third. So, okay. So we'll go to Tunisia then. They, I, Tunisia is going to finish third to me, but. I like Kazri up top. He's been there forever. Dude's got 71 caps, 24 goals. It's a good record for playing an AFCON, to be honest. AFCON's a shit show. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I, it, they have like they have him, but other than that, they have nothing. And, like, I think Australia at least has a little bit of youth on their side that they can – that they'll have some speed for Tunisia to keep up with. Okay. Well, we'll differ there. But let, If our listeners haven't caught on, speed's a, speed's a big decider for me. Excuse me, that's totally fair. Let's go to let's go to Denmark. And I'm gonna read off why I love Denmark. Give it one. To one. In the Nations League, they won nine of ten games and had a goal differential of plus twenty-seven. Right? So they've been crushing it for the last two years. They were great at the Euros in twenty well, twenty twenty Euro, twenty twenty-one Euro. And what I really like is they beat France twice. And yeah. France is in this group, and they beat them twice. And what I'm going to say is, for my, for my take here, before we get to the French team, this Danish team plays as one. They watched Christian Eriksen die on the pitch. Yeah. yeah. Die. He had to... He had to get brought back to life, and nobody knew what was going to happen. Exactly. You know, I, I think they're like yes. This this Dutch team, I love. I love this Dutch team. I think that Danish. they're this Danish team, bro. Danish, yeah. Sorry, why am I saying Dutch? <laughs> Idiot. Uh, this Danish team, yes, Denmark. Um, my my only big question mark for them is, you know, they're what they have up front. It's not stellar but again it's just them playing as one cohesive unit that makes them work they are not there's no stars they are the sum of all their parts perfect perfectly said and just to go through a few of the guys on this danish team that i really like we obviously talked about you know christian erickson who's been playing very well they they still have casper schmeichel who now plays for nice but formerly of leicester city and manchester city his father is well-regarded as the best goalkeeper in the history of the Prem, Peter Schmeichel. Defensively, I like Simone Kier. I believe I'm saying that right, maybe. Um, he plays yeah. for Milan. He's phenomenal. They have Joachim Anderson. He plays for Palace. Very good. Um, you have Andreas Christensen of Barcelona, formerly of Chelsea. And then you look through the rest of it, and I'm not going to go through the names, but you got, like, you only really have one guy that plays in the Danish Super League. You got, you know. The Turkish League for multiple guys. You have Benfica, you know, Portugal. These guys play for big-time teams. You go to the midfield. 
Pierre-Emil Hoiberg of Tottenham. Great player. You yeah. know? They have multiple Brentford players. They have three Brentford Brentford yeah. midfielders in Matthias Jensen, Christian Norgard, and Mikkel Damsgaard. And then you have Thomas Delaney of Sevilla, who is a fucking monster if you play FIFA. So, uh, yeah. To me, it's up top. Up top, they're a little white. To yeah. put it nicely. But... All they really need to do is just counter one time. It's yeah, really they defend their bag off. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you're you're spot on. I mean, um, now you do have a guy like and Martin Brothwaite, who's you know right now in La Liga playing with Espanol. Um, nine matches, got three goals and one assist. So seems to be slightly in, coming into this. Uh, I think that would bode well for you if you're Denmark. Um, I think there was another one that I was going to look up here. Yusuf Yari. Uh, can't get the full last name here. Give me one second, Phil. Bad air. I know. It's terrible. Um, yeah, or it's, uh, it's Yusuf Poulsen. No worries. Uh, right now, no worries. this league, uh, you know, with RB Leipzig, not really doing much from a point standpoint. Um, so, yeah, but... I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. I, I like this Dutch team. And again, like you said, they, they beat France twice. Yeah. And great segue. Let's go to France. Um, so, obviously, Le Bleu, as they say. Didier Deschamps side won the 2018 World Cup in stunning fashion. And their 26 is interesting. So, Pogba and N'Golo Kante are not there because they're hurt. Varane is there, but nobody knows if he's actually going to play. And they ruled out Furlan Mendy for this tournament. It's wild to me, the class that they don't have to, they they don't, you know, that they have, but won't have there, which is just bizarre to me. Um, Hugo Lloris is going to be their, you know, starting goalkeeper. 139 caps for France. That's ridiculous. I've gotten a man. Yes, he is. Uh, don't let him get behind the wheel of the car, though. <laughs> um, Luke, Lucas Hernandez will for sure start. Bayern. I'm just going to list the, the potential yeah. starters. Uh, he'll start. I think they're going to go Benjamin Pavard from Bayern Munich as well. He'll start as the right back. The center backs are interesting. There's a lot of options. And I personally am a huge fan of Jules Kunde, who plays for Barcelona. I love his game. He's young. He's 23. He only has 12 caps, but I think they may start him in this. And if Varane is healthy, they'll probably pair them together. But because the rest of their defenses, they got William Saliba of Arsenal, Diop Meccano of Bayern Munich, and then Ibrahim Akanate of Liverpool. They have names, but I think that's probably where they'll go. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. The midfield kind of makes it – they only brought five midfielders too, so probably right. going to be a 4 is my guess because <laughs> their attacking yeah. options are fucking dumb. Um, I like Eduardo Camavinga of Real Madrid. He's a fucking ridiculously good player. Um, and then it depends if they want to go with more experience or younger because I like Chuameni of Real Madrid. But it yep. might be Adrian Rabio as well. I think Ganduzi off the bench and Veritao yeah. off the bench. But I think 
if they're going to go full youth, it'll be Camavinga and Chuameni, but I wouldn't be surprised if Rabio starts them. Agreed. Okay. Up top is where you get really fucking wild, right? I'm just going to read the names. You've, I don't have to say what club. You probably already know except for one guy. Kareem Benzema. We all know him. Usmane Dembele. We all know him. Kingsley Komen. We all know him. Olivier Giroud. We all know him. Antoine Griezmann. Same story. Kylian Mbappe. Say less. And then Randall Kolomuani, who plays for Frankfurt. And then you also have Marcus Turem of Borussia Mönchengladbach. Uh, yeah, I think it's easy. It's Mbappe, Griezmann, Komen, and Benzema. Yeah, yeah. with with Giroud yeah. coming off the bench. And Giroud, Giroud and Dembele as super subs. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Benzema has 97 caps. Giroud has 114, Griezmann has 110, and Mbappe already has 59 at age 23. Wild. This team is stupid loaded up top. And that leads me to the last question of this group, Nate. Denmark or France up top? Who wins it and who comes second? Denmark first, France second. I'm with you, buddy. I'm with you 100%. I think Denmark defends their ass off against this team. They draw. Denmark batters someone that France doesn't batter, and they go on. They both get six points. Or, sorry, seven points, but I think Denmark goes on on goal diff. Yeah. yeah that's, I, I think Denmark slaughters a team that, you know, even if it's just on the counter, that France doesn't. France will overlook somebody. They'll think they're too good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm with you, but I'm with you, brother. I think the Let's French, go to group e. French are going to be mad because they didn't win the group. Oh, yeah. They'll be mad. And then some poor team will have to deal with it in the round of 16. Let's go to group E. Spain, Costa Rica, Germany, and Japan. Uh, Costa Rica will knock them out. Kaylor Navas, legend. How many kids in Costa Rica are named Kaylor? Probably a lot, but uh, they're not even – they're finishing fourth. I mean, yeah, it's – it sucks that probably the best one of the best goalies in this competition plays for probably one of the worst ones that we can write off as quickly as possible. Yeah. I mean, he's had a great career. He's won Champions Leagues. He's won league titles. He's, he's done everything. But, yeah, it's unfortunate. Let's go to Japan. Let's go to the Samurai Blues. I like them. They're fun to watch. And in 2018... They played the game of the tournament against, or the, at least the knockout stage, or the group stage. Game of the tournament against Belgium. They gave up a late goal to lose, but they took a 2-1 lead, and it was just phenomenal. Um, you know, I, I like them, but when you look up and down at the roster, right? And I don't want to harp on this too much, but they're... Best player, probably Tomiyasu for Arsenal. He's a, he's a fullback. I like him. They have a lot of guys to play in Germany, which bodes well. Obviously biased at Takumi Minamino, played for Liverpool for about two and a half years. Um, plays for Monaco now, but struggles struggles on that Monaco side. Like He's their starting left winger already penciled in. If that's the best you have, I don't know, man. I you know see the thing that I the thing again my my big X factor and my overall theme of this whole thing is Japan has youth 
And Japan has speed. That's my biggest thing that, that, that they have going for them. And right now, they're, I think they're in a more let's let's shock let's shock mode whereas sure. whereas i think you have a team like spain right now that's in a weird transition from their previous generation to this next generation yeah and they still have a lot some of those aged guys they have some of those youth guys and i don't know if the cohesion's quite re- quite there and i think they're going to be playing in a more of Let's just make sure we get there and mode. Whereas, you yeah. know, Japan's got that chip. Japan's got the chip. I like the Japan, the Japanese center back pairing of Nag- Nagamoto or Nagatamo and Yoshida. They have 138, 122 caps each, respectively. So a lot, and a lot of time spent between the two of them working together. Correct. Um, I still think Japan finishes third. Yeah, I'm. But- I- I've got them advancing. I've got them second. Wow. Okay. Hey, let's go to let's go to Spain. Hey, Phil, make sure you let these people know where they can come at us with our choices. That's a good point. I haven't done that yet. Guys, if you want to banter us all day long on social media regarding our selections for the World Cup, which teams are going to advance and so forth, we are on Twitter at SwallMarketINS. We are on Instagram. At Small Market Insecurities, and we are on TikTok, Small MKT Insecurities. Let us know. Do you love it? Do you hate it? You want to talk shop? You want to talk shit? We don't care either way. We're down for it. We're down for it. And I bet we'll get a little at SMI side hustle action on the World Cup too. Am I correct there, buddy? We all, we we gamble to live, baby. We live to gamble and we gamble to live. Love it. I love it. Um, let's go on. So Spain maybe. Maybe, or sorry, Japan, maybe for me, yes for you. I have a lot of questions about the Spanish team, and they have a young team, and I love their midfield. Their midfield gets me a little horny. Mm. I think the biggest thing for me is no David De Gea. Yeah, that's going to that's gonna be an issue. It's going to be Unai Simone, probably a net of Atletico Bilbao. Um, they still have a bunch of legendary names. Jordi Alba, you know, Cesar Azpilicueta, Danny Carvajal, Eric Garcia. And then, you know, and by the way, I think the best defender on this team is Pau Torres of Villarreal. Phenomenal center back. Athletic, go with the ball at his feet. Love watching him play. They also have Americ Laporte, who people may have forgotten. He waited until he was 26 for a French call-up, never got one. Phenomenal center back for Manchester City. Never got one, so he said, fuck it, I'm going to Spain. And here he is, probably starting for Spain in the World Cup, as he deserves. So just a little interesting side note there. But defensively, they're solid. They have a bunch of you know guys. It's weird, though, to look at this team, and it used to be just entirely Real Madrid and Barcelona, basically, with a few guys sprinkled in. It's nowhere near that now. No, completely different. It is like even even from the last World Cup, where like the last World Cup, it really was. It was still a lot of, you know, Barcelona and Real players. Oh, a- absolutely! I think in the midfield, this Spanish team is going to be the the twenty ten World Cup champs. Uh, they're solid. I love Pedri. I can't say I love him, but I respect Rodri. He plays for City, so he pisses me off, but he's phenomenal as a CDM. 
and and I would play Gavi and Pedri and Gavi are 19 and 18 respectively, and I'd still play them. That's how highly I rate them. Do I think he'll go with the Sergio Busquets and his 146 career caps? Probably. Probably. You think he but, does? That? You think he does a Marcos Lorente? Potentially. I think he's a great, great sub. Yeah. He does, I mean, he's, he plays for Atleti. He's been there, done that. But yeah, up, up top is going to be interesting because I'm not going to even go into the wingers because I don't know what he's going to do on the wing. They're playing their entire game through Alvaro Morata up top, and that is just fucking dangerous. Yeah. Morata has been so inconsistent in his career. Yeah. He was so bad. He was so bad at Chelsea. So bad. Yeah, it's they really they're they're gonna struggle offensively in this tournament. And that's why I have them finishing third. Is I just think they're not I don't think they're gonna be able to find what they can. <laughs> you have that. So you have Japan over him. Yeah. <laughs> Nate, that is a hot take, my friend. I have Spain finishing third in this group. Wow. Yes. Okay. Spain will not okay. be Spain will not so be we, advancing in this tournament. So we both have Germany finishing first. Yeah. Oh yeah. I have Spain finishing second. The German team kind of picks itself. Uh Manuel Neuer arguably the best goalkeeper of the last 15 years. Defensively, uh, you're looking at any, you know, any real mix of these guys, but, you know, probably looking at like an Antonio Rudiger, a Nicolas Sule. And then when it comes to fullbacks, it'll be interesting to see the way they go because you can play. And I think this entire team runs through one guy. If they win the World Cup, he's the player of the tournament. It's Yashua Kimmich. He's their best player. Not even close to in my opinion. You can play him at right back. You can play him as as a CDM. He's great at both. I think that kind of defines their team, though, is where they play him and how they use him. But I think my favorite player on this German team is Musala from Bayern Munich. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh the, guy is, the guy is unreal. And, like, Oh God! I like I have wet dreams about I have wet dreams about him and what he does on the, on the pitch. <laughs> uh, it's honestly kind of wild. I, I I've never had another man do that to me. Um, let's not forget <laughs> that you still also have you know like you still have a Thomas Mueller out there who is aged, but still veteran Mario Götze. Uh, yeah, World, World Cup 2014 hero when they won it. Absolutely, but then you also have you know I think guys like. Uh, Jonas Hoffman and Julian Brandt are that next generation of German players that are coming up. Sure. Um, you look at there and you look what they have, you know, up top. You've got uh, Makoko, you got Fulkrug, you got Havertz. They're- so I think Kai Havertz will probably start as their striker, and that's where I get concerned because I think Sane should start in the left wing and then probably Serge Gnabry on the right wing. But they don't really have a big number nine like they used to. You know, they used to have Mario Gomez. Yeah. You go back to those days, guys like that. Uh, Miroslav Klose, guys like, you know, the all-time leading World Cup goal scorer. They're going to play probably play Kai Havertz up top. And I think it's going to be interesting to watch them try to work through a guy that I don't know what it's going to look 
like, but I have faith that they'll win matches anyways. I mean, here's the thing. When you've got when you've got the uh when you've got the Bayern bench boss as your you know, as the guy who is leading you in this, your play is going to tend to imitate what Bayern puts out on the field. And what Bayern puts out on the field is a winning product consistently. Um, so, yeah, there's no way that there, I, there's just no way that Germany doesn't win this group from top to bottom. They're going to play like a sound unit, just kind of like Denmark. It's going to be a little bit of a win by committee type of team. You will still have your stars out there playing, but it's going to be a lot of a committee and playing in a system. Yeah. Germany. And that's, and if you think about it, that, that just, I feel like that is the essence of the German of German football. It's the system and your system. Tactical, tactical, tactical technicians. Absolutely. It's very German. It's why they're so good at making cars. Um, You know, it's that German mentality. And yes, Hansi Flick managed Bayern Munich and it makes total sense that he would come in to the German national team after Joachim Love was there forever. Um, but yeah, no, I'm with you. I think Germany wins this group, but I have Spain number two and you have Japan number two. So that's interesting. Yeah. Um, Dude, I'm, I'm all about, I, you know, I, I'm a shock the fucking world kind of guy. Hey, I love that, man. Um, let's go to group F and let's start off with Belgium. Belgium finished third in the 2018 World Cup and that's their golden generation. And they're coming to this one. Lukaku's banged up. Eden Hazard's banged up. To me, I don't really want to get into too much X's and O's with Belgium, besides two things. One, their center back pairing. Alder Verald and Jan Vertonghen, but teammates together at Tottenham. They're 35 and 33, respectively. They're still tactically sound, and they play a good ball out of the back, but I think the pace is going to struggle. This team is going to rely, you know, they're going to have like an Axel Witzel, formerly of Dortmund, um, I forget where he is now, but formerly of Dortmund, that's where he spent the bulk of his career. Um, in a you know, in a midfield role, it's gonna be all about Kevin De Bruyne, man. Kevin De Bruyne, Kevin De Bruyne, Kevin De Bruyne, Kevin De Bruyne. <laughs> yeah, it it really is. Uh you're gonna you're gonna try to you're gonna try to get like from a from a forward standpoint, like you're gonna try to get like a Mertens, uh, like Mertens to maybe try to give you something. Uh um, love Drew Spurtons too, great player. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe, um, I mean, again, because of what, because of, yeah, Eden Hazard and Lukaku, you're going to have to rely on some of these new guys. So like a, like a Jeremy Doku, like a uh, Kittelare, like a Bacchui. Michi Bacchui is a good player, but I, I don't know, man, you know? Yeah. I, I still think this Belgian team will top their group. You would. I still think they'll top their group. Interesting. I do. And the reason I do is let's go down to the next team and we can go back and forth at the end. Canada, first time in 36 years. And I think they're going to finish last. And I love Alfonso Davies and Jonathan David has been phenomenal. They don't have enough firepower. Congrats to Canada for qualifying, man. Like they crush it in CONCACAF, but no, this group's a bitch. Yeah. You don't think they're going to be able to do it? Absolutely not. They're going to finish fourth. Wow. Wow. Morocco has way too, Well, they play Davies in a, in, in, as a left wing, where at club he plays basically left back. So, like, he's automatic. It's like David Alaba with Austria. You're basically out of position. So, like, 
it, it, you know what I mean? Like you spend all year doing one thing and you got to go do another. It's a bitch. Yeah, I get that. I get that. But, you know, there's for club and then there's for country. A hundred percent. I want to, unless you have something to say about Canada, Nate. Uh, you know what, Phil? Hey, Phil, what's my, what are my X factors? What are your X factors? My X factors are speed and they are youth. And speed guess, and more speed? Speed and youth. And guess what? Canada's got speed and they've got youth. I don't have them last. Sure. All right, buddy. What do you have finishing? I have them third. Okay. That, that's fair. We'll rotate our third and fourth in this group then. Yeah, because I think if I'm guessing, if I'm guessing that you have Morocco third. Yes, and I would love to talk about them because I like their side. I just they have a lot of names, I guess. And I'm looking at Morocco, right? And players that people will have heard of. Hakim Ziyech plays for Chelsea, good player. He's had some great goals. And I really, really like Hakimi. He plays for PSG. I think this Morocco team is coming into their own. They're coming into a, an era where maybe they make a run. I just think they got dealt a very tough group this go-round. And I think in 2026, maybe they make a deeper run. They're very good. It's can they win two matches? They have to win twice to get out. And I don't think they can, but I certainly think they can win one. Yeah, I, yeah, they got a tough draw in this World Cup. I, I don't see them being able to skate two wins between Croatia and Belgium. Um, yeah, so un- unfortunate, but I'm with you. I think they're they're on the cusp. Um, it's it, Honestly, it's going to be really interesting because I, I think come next World Cup, if it, or if not the next one, the one after that, I think we're going to be having a very different conversation about how we're power ranking some of these teams and where we have you know teams winning groups because I think you're going to see some of these African nations really start to rise and begin advancing because the African game is coming together beautifully right now. Yes, it is. It is, and that was a topic I was going to bring up at the end. Um, and we can, we can go more into that. we can go more into that afterward. But yeah, I just I, I want to say it now. Like the African game, okay. you just you have you have you always have these you know yeah we have these random teams for a while. Like you had the Ivory Coast, you had South Africa, um, Cameroon, now, Cameroon. But now you're starting to see these teams appear more consistently. Like your Ghana, yeah. like your Nigerias. Like your Morocco. Yeah, and Nigeria is not even in this tournament, and they're still right there. Right. You know, I wanted to. I wanted to pick an African team to go deep in this tournament, but without Mane, that makes it really tough. Yeah. That Senegal was, the, in my opinion, was the team to do it in this tournament. Now, now here's and here's the I think. It, a nation to maybe watch. I don't think by next World Cup, but maybe the one after that. I think a a sneaky nation might be Egypt. With I think um, your boy, what's his name? Mohamed uh, Salah. Yeah, I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna influence a whole generation, dude. And they have. It, it, there's a great video on YouTube by HITC Sevens, and it's top seven nations that have never won a World Cup, but might in the next like hundred years. And Egypt's one of them. High population, a player of solid stature, 
encourages everybody. He's, you know, gives so much back. Yeah, I'm with you there. Absolutely. I'm with you there, man. I could very much see Egypt being on the map here real quick, real soon. Yeah, man. I I agree. Let's go to the last team in this uh, in this group, Croatia. 2018 runners up. They lost a thrilling final to France, four to two. They knocked off England to get there. Uh, this Croatian team is a little older. Yep. And Luka Modric has announced it's his last uh, last tournament for Croatia. Um, people forget too that Luka Modric interrupted the Messi Ronaldo run of Ballon d'Ors when he won it. Yeah. Phenomenal, phenomenal midfielder uh, for Real Madrid. He's won every trophy on the fucking planet besides the World Cup. But. Um, I guess Euros too, but whatever. And I like this Croatian team. They're just older. But I don't think that's a death sentence for them by any stretch. No. Um, here's the thing. When you have these teams that get older, like like honestly, like the German team, the last World Cup or like the last two World Cups, when they've gotten aged, again, it comes down to more of a, these guys have played together time and time again. They know each other. They know each other's tendencies. They know where to put the ball with each other. Um, they have that chemistry. But then also it comes down to the system. And the Croatian system is a possessive heavy. It is They, they are very good at possessing the ball for long periods of time. And just and dominating, the, and dominating those numbers. And... By doing that, yeah, they'll get more. They'll get a lot of draws, but they also don't let you get near their end. No, they don't. And they, you know, they have some older guys, right? They got guys like Perisic and Modric, and you know, Dejan Lovren as a center back. They have some older players, but I think the experience will help them in the group stage. Like, yeah, well, like, and guys, Vlasic up front too. Like, you know, mm-hmm. you know guys that have been around the block a time or two. Um, on the back end, but see, on the back end, you know, you have a guy like Sosa who does bring that little bit of speed yep. into the game, and and that's and that's all this Croatian team needs. They don't need every single guy to be burners, but if they could have a burner on the back end, maybe a guy that has a little speed in the midfield, you're good. Yeah, I agree. I have them finishing second in this group, by the way. I have them winning the group. Okay, I have Belgium one, Croatia two, Morocco three, Canada four. Uh, yeah, I'm Croatia one, Belgium two, Canada three, Morocco four. So we literally just are two and are one and two and three and four are flipped. Yeah, we're inverse. Um, let's go to Group G. Uh, we don't have to go super far into this. Um, what'd you say? I said G unit. Cameroon, good luck. Sorry, thank you. I'm glad you're here, but uh, the rest of this group is a gong show. Yeah, um, Switzerland. Let's go to Switzerland. They're an interesting team. They're always um, interesting. They're like they're. I'll, I'll, I'll let me kick this one off because I want to say like I I love go off go off King. I, I don't need to go off on anything. I just want to say I love like I always want to Switzerland's honestly like a sneaky team that I love playing with in FIFA because they have they they have kind of like. They have some underrated speed on there. Like, it, you know, when you when you got a lot of guys that are in your high 70s and 80s, that's okay. I can live with that. Yeah, they uh, have they have Mbolo up top. Yeah, you have Mbolo on top. Um, 
And then, but your midfield is where I, I, I mean, obviously Ijaka, and then you have Zakiara or Zakaria. Love him. Shakiri. Who are we talking about? Zakaria. Dennis. Oh, okay, gotcha. Sorry. Yeah. Um, I, I honestly, Mohamed So, I love his game. Yeah. Love his game. Yeah. And then looking, I'm just kind of looking at their back end here. Uh, Edmilson Fernandez, obviously great player. Sylvan Weimer, great player. I, it's so tough for me with this Swiss team. I, I just don't know. I, I'm back and forth. I'm, I'm all over the place with this Swiss team. This team goes with how Granite Jacka defends and how Jordan Shakiri distributes the ball. But my big question is Jan Sommer their lifelong goalkeeper at this point has been injured and we'll see what his status is um, for game one. He's not been ruled out, but we don't know. Yeah. And I just don't know. Yeah. I don't know about what's behind him either. They like they're bringing four goalies to this tournament because they basically haven't in, exactly. Yeah. Because they be, yeah. Whereas most teams are bringing three, like they're bringing four because they just don't know what they have. Correct. And that's how, that's how good he is. So let's go to Serbia. And for the record, guys, Switzerland has been knocked out of the round of 16 the last two. One guy that we didn't mention, by the way, for Switzerland, Akanji, plays for City. He's been phenomenal this year. So um, he's a great center back. Uh, let's go to Serbia. Um, the Serbian team I find fascinating because, number one, they're, you know, in consecutive World Cups. They crushed it in the Nations League. They beat out Portugal in the Nations League to get there. Um, they have some names. Alexander Mitrovic set the record last year in the championship for Fulham, 43 goals. It's a, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah. 46 matches, 43 goals. It's, pre- it's a pretty good record right there. He's been killing the Prem this year. Um, they have Dusan Tadic. They have Lahovic. And, you know, they have uh, Milikovic Savic, who is wanted by every – Lazio – Wanted by every fucking team in England right now, which is kind of how I base how good you are, to be honest. That may, people may not like that, but whatever. Wait, um, who was that you were talking about? Sorry, I was dozed off. Malinkovic Savage. Oh, okay. Phenomenal player for Lazio. Um, for me, the Serbian team defends well, and then they'll counter on you. And I'm looking at their numbers. They have a 15.5% chance to win the group. 50% chance to qualify for the next round at a 1.3% chance to win the World Cup. That might be a good one to throw a little futures bet on. That's, uh, you know, maybe a little, uh, you know, see what their odds are looking like. Actually, you know what? Real quick, let's just fuck around. Go ahead and let's go ahead and keep talking. But uh, yeah, yeah. I'm going to go ahead and hop on my little my little betting site and see if what the odds are out there. Sure. Or something. Uh- so the thing is, the Serbian players play in top leagues. They're not one of those Eastern European countries that values you if you stay in your own domestic league. They play everywhere. My question is, they're going to do a three-five-two or a three-four-two-one, and I think that'll depend on if they go more attacking or more defensive. Obviously, but in reality, man, like love the Serbia team, but Brazil's here, and the Brazil roster is fucking stupid. So yeah. It's a t- it's a tough break when you when you get tossed in a group in Brazil. So I'm just gonna go through this very easily. Um, when it comes to Brazil, 
And everybody wants to know, how do you feel about Brazil? Blah, 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 this and that. This Brazil team has the best goalkeeper in the world in Allison. They have some of the best defenders in the world in Thiago Silva and Militao. Their fullbacks are ridiculous. And, and Marquinhos, I mean, who knows? They have guys like Alex Tellis, Danilo, and even Danny Alves, who's older, but fuck me, still plays. He's 39. In the midfield, you can go with anybody. You got Casemiro, legend. Bruno Gamares from Newcastle United, amazing. You also have Bruno Fernandes, amazing. Like, this team is just loaded. With, yeah. You know, with with talent. And then you go up top and you got, like, Gabriel Martinelli, Vinny Jr., Neymar, Anthony, Rodrigo, Rafinha, Rich Arlison, Pedro, and Gabby Jesus. This team will come at you with a 4-2-3-1 and they will fucking bury you. And quickly. And, and very quickly. They're going to win this group going away. Dude, they're gonna they're gonna win this group falling asleep, honestly. Yes. Yes. And I think Serbia comes in second. How about you? Uh yeah, I got Serbia second. And then just uh going back to it, I think what is it? Um shit. Switzerland third, Cameroon fourth. Yeah. Let's go to group H. Um last group. This has been a long one, buddy. Uh holy shit. This is, we've been on here for a while. Yeah, Portugal, Uruguay, Ghana, South Korea. Ghana, thanks for coming. I hope you guys do well. The Black Stars have been one of the most successful African nations, but not in this group. Nope. South Korea, Hyunmin's son is going to play with a mask because he fucked up his eye and his nose and his face uh, for Tottenham. South Korea, tricky side. They can counter on you, but I don't think it'll happen because the teams they're playing are exponentially more athletic than them. Yeah. And that is that is Portugal and Uruguay. And we can break down the X's and O's. Portugal, I feel bad that Diago Jota's not there. This team is stupid loaded with talent. Um, Ronaldo's last World Cup. I said Bruno Fernandez for Brazil. I meant Bruno Gamarsh, and then I just word vomited. Bruno Fernandez plays for Portugal. I'm a fucking idiot. Apologize, everyone. Um, they have so much talent all up and down. And, you know, whether it's the midfield, whether it's up top, whether it's, you know, their, their fullbacks, we're going to bomb up the entire time. My thing with, with Portugal is, can they win the group against Uruguay that's going to put Luis Suarez and Darwin Nunez up top? Yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be a tricky one. Um, personally, I, I do have Uruguay winning the group um, and have Portugal coming second. Okay. So I'm going to do the reverse of you, but I'm with you. We think they'll both advance. Yeah. That's entirely fair. And then I have South Korea third, Ghana fourth. Really? Yeah. Interesting. I think South Korea, South Korea might beat Ghana. Why not? I, I highly rate Hyungman's son. So if he's healthy and he plays 90 minutes, he gets him a 1-0 win. For sure. You know, go sunny, go. But yeah, um, I think the biggest match in this group is, you know, Ronaldo – Last World Cup, everything you just did with Pierce Morgan, that interview, Manchester United is trying to terminate his contract. It's a very interesting situation right now, you know, with Cristiano Ronaldo. And is he too much of a distraction? Would you even start him right now? I mean, that's uh, 
I don't know if I would. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot. Their fullbacks are exponentially better than they were previously, too. And they, they just bomb up the pitch and whip balls in. It's like, just go go find someone and whip it in. Yeah. So, I don't know. But, yeah, we, we have all the same teams coming out, uh, you know, of that group. Interesting one. Nate, I think we should reconvene after the group stage, compare and contrast our notes, and then do the knockout stages in a separate one. What, how do you feel about that? I love it. Let's do it. Let's do that. But hey, before we before we log off here, fuck you, Qatar, for not serving beer in the stadium. Yeah, what kind of bullshit is that? Fuck you. Budweiser should just sue their government. Absolutely. Just yeah. You know what? This is. Oh god, I don't know what you can do to them. Just blow them up. <laughs> Man, I'm very excited for the World Cup. I can't wait to see how our predictions do. Um, we'll get those jotted down and then, uh, maybe, you know, have a little fun to see who, uh, who ended up being more correct than the other guy. Definitely me. Yeah. Okay, buddy. Yeah. That should just about wrap up this episode of the small market insecurities podcast. Thank you for joining us for the world cup preview. Uh, leave us a five star review on your preferred podcast platform for the guy you love to hate stack. I need it's your boy, Phil razor saying small market insecurities pairs well with booze and we love, love you guys. guys.